Hello and welcome back to the Catch the Blitz show the day after the Super Bowl. Thomas Parker and Christian Catanacci as always. Cat, what's going on, man? How was it for you last night? How was the game? Uh, I loved it. I thought the game was awesome. Um, I mean, definitely one of the better Super Bowls that that we've had in the last uh, 10 or so years, at least in my opinion. I think that was one of the better games that I've watched, uh, football games in general, right? I know we talked a little bit uh, off air before we, we uh, clicked that little button there, but I know that you said that it was one of the, your favorite games that you that you watched. Yeah, I think it's it's honestly, and, and not to be prisoner of the moment and not to get like too overreactionary, but like honestly, I think from if you were neutral, if you were rooting, like I was obviously rooting for a certain team and I'm, I'm really glad the Chiefs won in the end, but uh, that was an awesome awesome game and and it brought so many storylines i mean going in there were already so many different intriguing storylines with this particular super bowl but coming out of the game there's just so much to talk about there was controversy controversy um the stars on both teams just shined incredibly bright on such a big stage and it was overall like i did a, a post on on instagram i think it was saturday the day before ranking the last nine super bowls a lot of people, I had one person actually DM me to tell me how stupid I am from, from the rankings. But if I were to now rank the last 10, this would easily be number one. And I would probably honestly put it number one in my lifetime. And for reference, the first Super Bowl I ever watched was the Helmet Catch. And that was a really good game. Um, but uh, I, I would probably put this one up at one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think I, I, I'd agree with you here. I, I, I mean... I'm not. I wasn't a neutral fan. I was obviously cheering against the Eagles. Yeah. I, I should have brought my my jersey. I had a a Zeke Ohio State jersey that happened to be number fifteen, and it was red. <laughs> so I I put hockey tape on the back, and I wrote Mahomes, and then I crossed with the Ohio State jersey on the chest, and I uh, I put Chiefs. And um, again, I was watching a Super Bowl. I was watching Super Bowl with with some of my buddies who surprisingly. I mean, I, I know that you were shocked when I when I mentioned this, but more of them were on the Eagles than the Chiefs, which I was shocked um, as well. And um, yeah, it, it turned out to be the good luck charm. So now, fun story. I am actually 2-0 now when I alter my Cowboys jerseys to be someone else. The last time I did it was 2015. I changed my, um, my Miles Austin jersey to a Peyton Manning jersey. Against the Panthers? Against the against the Panthers. Yeah, I changed my Miles Austin number nineteen. No, I wanted the I wanted Peyton Manny. I I didn't oh like the Panthers guess. that year. I, I kinda wanted the Panthers to win the Super Bowl. I don't know why. I feel like I was in the minority there. But yeah, I was uh I'm I'm the king of the custom jersey. The custom jersey streak is two and oh now. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes is also now winning his number two. He's on pace to I mean, talk about from from a resume perspective, if you look at what Patrick Mahomes has been building in and he's just been in this league for five years, right? And I've always said it, and I know you agree, but it seems like Patrick Mahomes is continuously underrated by so many people. I think it's comical that going to the season, there was a legitimate narrative that he wasn't the best quarterback in the NFL. Everyone said Josh Allen's better. And also that Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs, so he's in, in a category that's also above Mahomes. Or I mean, it's not that they were discrediting him, 
Um, but there was just this very real and respected idea that there were quarterbacks in the same tier as him. And I think we've all seen now that that's just not true. This guy is in a class of his own. It's so hard to win in this league. Look at guys like Aaron Rodgers only ever won one Super Bowl. Peyton Manning only ever won two. Um, he's already won two in just five years. And I think I was saying this a couple of weeks ago, whether I said it on this podcast or not, I can't remember, but if he only ever wins three or if he only ever wins four, like that is still so incredible. Brady, in terms of how decorated you have to be to be considered the greatest of all time, has has really changed their idea because seven Super Bowls is just so, so incredible. And I don't know if that'll ever, ever um, be reached. If, yeah. if, if there's a guy to do it, it's Mahomes. But about Mahomes' pure ability on the field, I think, especially for the next generation, um, the the younger audience of football fans, this guy is going to be a special, special name that's remembered for a very long time. And he's going to be on that Mount Rushmore when it's all said and done, if he, if he isn't already. Because I think he's the best player to ever be on a football field. I know he's not the most accomplished, and I know what Brady has done is just so sensational. But... When you watch him, it's just like, how is he doing these things? And he's now won in a year where he just lost Tyree Kill, and he's also taken up a crazy amount of the Chiefs' salary cap. 17%. Yeah, and there was a big narrative a couple years ago that, oh, you know what, Mahomes' window is is a lot smaller than everyone thinks because as soon as that contract kicks in, his team's not going to be any good anymore, and it's over for him. Well, his defense just allowed 35 points in a Super Bowl, and he just won the game. He's now 3-2 and two in his career in the playoffs when his defense surrenders 30 points or more. This guy, he can just, no matter the situation, he can overcome it. I agree, Pac. And the crazy thing is, is to mention a little thing, I have two things. So going back to what you mentioned about the, the narrative about how when you're making a specific amount of money, it's t- difficult to win the Super Bowl, which up until yesterday... There has never been a quarterback to win the Super Bowl after taking up more than 12% of their team's salary cap. Now that's changed. Mahomes taking up 17% has won the Super Bowl, which is obviously more difficult. They lost Tyreek Kill as as a result of it. Um, But when you have a guy as special as Mahomes, it almost doesn't matter, right? You just need your one guy, like you have your Travis Kelsey, and you just let him do his work. And, And you saw that firsthand. Like, I think one of the greatest moments of the entire game and one of the greatest moments in, in Super Bowl history was that scramble at the end of the game there. Like, yeah. game on the line, that he was, he, he could have had a broken leg, a torn ACL, torn MCL. He was not letting anything stop him, anything. And and now we're, we're, we're hearing that he's dealing with a grade two uh, high ankle sprain or low ankle sprain, so... He was clearly playing playing in, in, in severe pain. And the fact that he was able to just overcome all that and and will his team, I, I hate to give myself some flowers, but I did mention last last uh, last show that I did expect Mahomes to, to I used the, those exact words, will his team to victory. And that's exactly what he did. Great players just rise to the occasion. And watching Patrick Mahomes do that with, with ease, I want to say, like it, it looked almost effortless, right? They had like nine drives the whole game, and they put up 38 yeah. points on nine drives. They only like, had four drives in the second half. Four so. drives, right? 
Like the Eagles did exactly what they had to do to win the game, but it was not enough because Patrick Mahomes is that good. Yeah, and it's it's I, I want to give some credit to the Chiefs coaching staff as well, Eric Bieniemy and, and Andy Reid, because first of all, at halftime, why were the Eagles six and a half point favorites? Like, did people honestly believe that Mahomes was was not gonna was not gonna play the rest of the game? I actually think the line got to seven and a half at one point. Um, that was ridiculous. But for Andy Reid to see that his quarterback is is dealing with something and then come out and sort of alter the game plan. I mean, I really liked a lot of the routes and, and, and the route combinations they ran in the red zone, getting Sky Moore free, getting Kadarius Tony free. I thought those were super, super creative. And the way they used Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon together was awesome. So yeah, they didn't have Tyree Kill, but they had like five or six smaller guys that all chipped in and it was a really awesome performance. Um, but but like you said, the Eagles literally played they played their brand of football, which we've seen is literally unbeatable this season because when they play that style, they haven't lost. Yeah. Um and, and they did everything right on offense. Jalen Hurts was incredible. I think we need to give him his flowers too because I think Mahomes said it best. Any anyone who is a doubter was Which silenced. was both both of us, maybe me more than anyone. Yeah, you more you more than, you more more than, than anyone. anyone, probably. Me more than anyone. I was a Jalen Hurts. Not that I thought he was going to be terrible. I just didn't know that. I didn't think he would ever be this good yeah, yeah, yeah. going into the yes. season. I thought he was good, not great. Um, he, I was confident in him going into yesterday, but he won everybody over. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. he played incredible. He played like fantastic. He played as good of a game that that a losing quarterback quarterback could play. And now quarterbacks are thirty eight and one or thirty nine and one. Um, in the AFC or NFC rounds or Super Bowl when scoring 35 or more points. And the only loss came yesterday. So we're talking about a guy that played um, pretty much a flawless game. Outside of that fumble, which, I mean, you hate to be nitpicky there, but it did play a pretty big factor. I mean, the momentum from a momentum standpoint, that obviously changed some things. But um, Jalen Hurts was making throw after throw. He was making plays with his legs and... He was, he was exactly what the Eagles needed from out of their quarterback for them to win that game. And it's a shame that it was not enough um, because, I mean, in a few years now, maybe even t- this time next year, people are going to forget about that because that's just how it is. They don't forget about, they always forget about what actually happens. They only really remember the, the, winner, the winner, right? Yeah. And then the Super Bowl MVP. So that is eventually going to go um, under the rafters and people probably won't talk about it ever again, but... The fact of the matter is that Jalen Hurts rose the occasion after so much adversity this offseason when there was serious doubt of his future in Philadelphia. I mean, his own team was looking to even replace him at some point. Um, and he answered the bell. And like Patrick Mahomes said, if there's any doubters um, out there uh, that still don't believe in the ability, in the ability of Jalen Hurts to be a good quarterback in this league, um, you are wrong or... I mean, again, you probably just didn't watch the game yesterday. There's not really uh, much to say about that. But he was fantastic. And it truly is a shame that that, that his play wasn't enough to to um, bring home a Super Bowl for Philadelphia. Yeah, like you mentioned that, that one fumble. I guess it shows sometimes the margin of error, especially against a guy like Patrick yep. Mahomes, is just so small, especially in the Super Bowl. But like start to finish, he just carved up that, that uh, Chiefs defense 
he was so good on the ground that that quarterback sneak is one of the best plays in football. He's he's rivaling Brady in the sense that we always consider Brady as the best to ever do the quarterback sneak. Jalen Hurts, along with that offensive line, really giving him a run for their money. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was it was such a good game from start to finish. The two star quarterbacks stole the show. They were yeah. definitely the talking points. But we also got to get into some of the controversy, and that's how the game ended with sort of the second year in a row now, the refs making a late-game call that really, really changed how it went on to end. This time being a holding call, James Bradbury on Juju Smith-Schuster. Kat, what were your uh, in- initial thoughts on that one? It's a, it's a penalty, first off. Um, I mean, look, can't hold the guy. If you hold the guy, you're probably going to get held. And James Bradbury said I did hold him. Um, I, and then he also mentioned that I sort of wished um, they wouldn't call that, which, I mean, look, there's two sides to the argument here, right? Like, the refs call that flag, sure. People are going to erupt, oh, how are you throwing a flag in, in that specific situation? It's soft, and you can't let the game dictate, blah, 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 whatever. But let's say he doesn't call that flag. So then you're promoting refs sort of choking on their flag when the game comes down. I don't know. There's just not a consistent, there's no consistency from there. And and I mean, from the most part, all ye- all season long, they've been calling that a holding penalty. So, I mean, look, James Bradbury said it. He, he knew that what he did. And, and, and again, it was a strategic penalty. Like you're not, people don't realize that had he not held him, even for that little nudge, that's probably a touchdown. Yeah, I think the ball was a little bit overthrown, but I agree too because that route was definitely going to be open. He beat him. Yeah. He beat him. Like, James Bradbury was beat. And the only sort of recovery that he could have had was to grab him a little bit, slow him down. And, Cole, even if it was the slightest grab, the fact is, is he slowed him down. And and by definition, that's a penalty. Sure, you want to you wanna say... You can't call that in that specific moment. I agree with that. Like, I'm all for letting these guys play. But for you to say that it's, it wasn't a penalty at all, I think that's blasphemy. This is, this is where I stand on it. Let, let's be honest. Yesterday was, as we just talked about, yesterday was a very good game. Fantastic game. We all wanted to see yes. Jalen Hurts with two timeouts and a minute left will his team to either tie the game or to win the game. The game was so good yesterday that we all have some sort of preconceived idea that we deserved for the game to have this phenomenal finish that he, that even surpasses everything we had just watched in, in the three and a half quarters or three and third of a, of a final quarter. That being said, because of that, because like, oh, it deserves a better ending because it's such a good game, something that would be definitely called with eight minutes left in the second quarter is now not supposed to be called to me that's that's not proper officiating because they're letting the scenario play a factor in whether or not they decide if something is a penalty Um, and I think I was really glad that James Bradbury someone who probably felt pretty horrible in that situation was mature and open to just say like yeah i held him because it, it pretty much put all the talk to bed yeah and i think we can move on from talking about this because yeah it, it was sort of a sour way to end a really great game but that's football like yeah it, it, it's a hold and that's what happens when you do that and yeah 
sucks. We didn't get this fairy tale ending, but you know what? That's that's how it's going to be sometimes. Absolutely, and I think again, you 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 sort of said everything perfectly. To be honest, like you can't let the scenario dictate whether or not you're going to make a call, right? And that's exactly what happened. Like you can't all of a sudden say, "Oh no, the game is the Chiefs are supposed to get the ball back." Like you're not supposed to call that. Yeah. You can't, you can't do that. Like, I don't know. That's not part of being an officiate. Like, in a, 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 right? That's not part of officiating. It, it, that's just, that is what it is. And yeah, it sucks. That was a t- horrible way to end the game. I'm not saying, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, that's how a game should end. No, but you cannot just not call that because of your, like you mentioned, preconceived idea that the game was supposed to end in a specific way, right? Like whether the Eagles are going to tie down drive down the field and, and get a field goal or score a touchdown or or the Chiefs were going to stop them and the game would be over. Obviously, in a perfect world, that yeah. is what would have happened. But we instead got a perfect game for 99.9% yeah, of the game. all the right? way up until the All the last, way except for the last play. A couple seconds. Exactly, right? Yeah, and like it's not like it was... <clears throat> Like a Nikel Roby Coleman, I know this call was missed, but it's not like it was that level of contact. No, no, no way, no it, way. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty. I mean, like you said, he did beat him, but it was pretty not under the radar, but it was pretty minimal, I guess, in, yeah. in terms of a hold. But it still needs to be called. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, it it's that's being called all year. It's um, by definition, it's a hold, right? Like there's no. The, the the argument isn't whether or not it's a penalty or not. Like, I don't think that's the argument. I know a lot of people are trying to make it, it into that argument. Like, oh, that's not a call. That's not a holding. It, it is. You see yeah. him holding him. I, I think people are struggling to either get their point across. What they don't believe is like that shouldn't be called in that specific situation, which then it goes back to what you said is, okay, so now you're suddenly letting situations and, and, and moments dictate whether or not you're going to make a call or not, which is not the way to, to go about officiating. Again, there's always going to be controversy with, with, with calls and, and officiating in general because there's two sides, right? There's two teams, and unfortunately, one of them, He's going to lose, yeah. right? So the fans of that team, and obviously it gets blown out of proportion now because people got boatloads of money on it. Like this was the most, get, there was like over $13 billion placed on the Super Bowl. $13 billion. That's a lot of money. So obviously, let's even say that 50, it was split 50-50. So you're talking $6.5 billion on each team. So that's a lot of people that are going to be pretty pissed off because they lost money on that specific situation. So I think that plays a factor in it as well. But if we're sort of crossing T's and dotting the I's um, and you want to pull out the rule book uh, and look at what a holding penalty is, um, you're going to see a definition that sort of explains exactly what James Bradbury did. And um, like we both said, it's unfortunate that the game had to end that way, but... Um, I also don't think that that's the reason why the Eagles lost. Also, no, right. No. But like, like, you can also make the argument that they could have won that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. absolutely. That game like, was that game was there for them to. Yeah, that was there. They they, they capitalized on on KC missed field goal. Right, like that was a big swing. I mean, if you take away that fumble. Philly pretty much played a perfect game offensively. Obviously, their defense, which, to be honest. Philadelphia's defense wasn't... I know it was obviously crowned as this fantastic defense. They had all pros all over the place. Um, but 
from from a, from a entire unit perspective, like it was kind of overrated a little fair. bit, right? Like every single time they played a good quarterback, yeah. They were, they were getting did you look huge. at who they played since their bye week? I, I saw it's like it's I saw like a clip: Taylor Heineke, Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones three times, and I like Daniel Jones had a good year. When they played Dak, he put up thirty plus points on them. Yeah. Um, a couple like they played maybe two or three good quarterbacks. I, I saw and in those games yes. they surrendered 33. close to thirty points, yeah. sometimes more than thirty. I saw so a like, stat. I saw a stat. Let me see if I can pull this. Like, let me see if I can pull this up quickly. They're here. a good unit, but oh, absolutely, I think, they're a I think, good unit. But they had to. They like they. It's not like they were the strength of the Eagles. I think no. the strength of the Eagles was just their roster as a whole. They're very well balanced on offense, and they have a good defense. I I, I can't remember if I read this or if I heard it on the broadcast. But someone was trying to spin the idea that this this Super Bowl was like the best offense in the league versus the best defense in the league, and I think that's wrong. Like Philly had a really good offense too, and I don't think their defense was the best in the league. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like, so look, the stat right now is is they surrender thirty three point four points per game when they played the quarterbacks of Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, and Jared Goff. So like. That's but good for Jared Goff for cracking that, for cracking uh, that list. That cracking that list. Yeah, All of a sudden, he's now a good quarterback again. So. And he did have a good year, though. But, yeah, but again, really it yeah. goes to show you that um, the defense really did drop the ball here. And, I mean, again, there's so many factors that go into whether a team wins a game and whether a team loses a game. And it's hard to sort of put the blame on, on one player or one unit. But um, it did seem that, like we mentioned before, the the Eagles did exact from an offensive perspective. Their game plan was perfect and executed almost perfect. Like you said, take out that fumble, perfect game plan, ninety nine percent perfect. The defense just had to stop them just once, just yeah. twice, and they didn't. Like nine offensive drives all game, and you lose the game, right? Like it was there for the taking and. The fact that they just let it fall through their hands is is unfortunate because I really did believe that this was like the Eagles' year. If they were going to win, this is it. Like this team is going to look a lot of different, a lot different. I'm sure I trust Howie Roseman. I know a lot of people do. There's very few, if not any, that are better at building a team than than the man who's in charge in in, in Philadelphia. So I do expect them to be good and always be contending. Um, like you mentioned, now they've they played in two Super Bowls in five years. So like I expect that to sort of I don't know if they'll ever do every five years to make two Super Bowls, but they're gonna be a contending team year in and year out, especially with Jalen Hurts. But the fact is, is is now Jalen Hurts isn't gonna be on his rookie contract no more. And they have a lot of free agents, their offensive line, which is fantastic. I don't think we talked about their offensive line enough. We we gotta give some <laughs> some offensive line. Love. I know there's, there's, I know one of CTV's own, Ruben Teixeira, big offensive line guy. Yeah. But when we talk about offensive line, like, I, I, I don't, I would trust if, if, if Jalen Hurts was stepping back and I had my newborn baby there and, and there was, you can put anyone you want and their job was to sack the quarterback with my newborn baby, I would, I would trust the Eagles offensive line with, with all my, with all my heart and all my life. I, I, and Lane Johnson's like the master of the, the the uncalled false start. It seems like he's getting a false start every single play, but he's not. I, I don't know how he does that. Um, Jason Kelsey, fantastic. Jordan Mailata, um, Isaac Sayamalu, and Lane Johnson. Like, we're talking about 
studs, right? Like this could be an all-time great unit. And um, again, it's it's just so unfortunate that that it, it ended this way for, for Philadelphia because a lot of these guys are older now and, and I don't know how much longer they're going to play, if not, if any, right? Like there's serious consideration with from Jason Kelsey, if he's going to play, if he's going to retire, Fletcher Cox, like these are big staples veterans and, and, and guys that might get in one day are going to be Hall of Famers, right? Um, and for them to go out in the way that they did, I, I again, I thought it was a sensational performance from from the offensive line and, and from the offense in general, right? I thought they, it goes back to what I said, literally nearly a perfect game. And um, it's just the power of, of Patrick Mahomes, right? That's just, it is what it is. And, and we're witnessing greatness. And it's crazy that we sort of move from Tom Brady, right, to Patrick Mahomes and sort of a blinking of an eye, but we're here, right? We just got to embrace it. It is kind of crazy that they did meet in the Super Bowl, you know, in Brady's, Brady's last Super Bowl too. Um, but yeah, the Eagles, I don't know how much I like the will this be, like will they get back here narrative because I remember last year that narrative was huge with the Bengals because everyone was talking about, oh, uh, same sort of deal, like eventually they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow even though he was even younger than Jalen Hurts at the time. Um but like everyone was so concerned about the Bengals O line, yeah. and then they were saying, "Oh, maybe it was a fluky run." And then like, look what Joe Burrow did this year. He had them so close to to getting back on that stage. Like, I do think Jalen Hurts proved to me last night that he is like a franchise builder. Like before, it was yeah, he's a good quarterback, um, but maybe he is benefiting. Of course, he is benefiting from the great roster around Absolutely. him. But I do think he's a guy that can like overcome adverse situations he was that good yesterday and i mean i'm so confident like they were in the super bowl five years ago then they were horrible and then they were back this year howie roseman is like such a quick he flipped the switch oh yeah so quickly on how he built the franchise a lot of the core that was here like lane johnson and jason kelsey were a part of that team and then there were years where they were injured and then the eagles weren't as good but like i mean they drafted landon dickerson like they have pieces that are younger that i think will will fill those shoes um and and they're well coached say what you want i know uh, neither of us really love uh nick sirianni's antics but his results speak speak for themselves he works well with howie roseman to get the best out of the players that uh howie roseman builds so with that, talking about will they get back here next year, it, it is always fun after the Super Bowl to immediately look forward and talk about next year's Super Bowl odds. The way, way too early bets, I'll admit it, I have already placed a future on one <laughs> team. I'm not going to say who it is, even though it's pretty obvious. But we're going to talk about them now. The Chiefs open up as favorites. This is all via FanDuel. What are they, plus 650? Plus 650 is a favorite, yeah. And the Eagles are also the favorite in the NFC at plus 900. Yeah, well, co-favorite to 49, with the 49ers. Okay, 49ers which is cool. insane, to be honest, because who's playing quarterback exactly. for the 49ers? And that's a really cool storyline which, I mean, we talked about this last week, because of now Brock Purdy's injury, it's got another sort of dimension to it. Is it going to be Brock? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Well, it's going to be Trey Lance, I think, for the start of the year now. because so? they're I think saying he'll that, be ready. Well, six, saying Brock Purdy's, they're saying Brock Purdy's up for 9 to 12 now. Because oh, really? it could be Tommy John. He hasn't gotten surgery yet. 
Oh man. So it couldn't we could be not get a QB battle. I love at all. Trey Lance, but I want to see how it plays out. Like I don't want the job to just be handed to him. Now George Kittle said it's Brock's job to lose. So there's that sort of avenue to Yeah, it. there there is. So like I mean, like you mentioned, so the, the top five in order is you got the you got KC at plus six fifty. Um you got the Bills at plus eight fifty. Um and then trailing them, you got three teams at plus nine hundred and the Bengals, the Eagles, and the 49ers. and then you also have the Cowboys. Um, at plus fifteen hundred. That's in six. Sorry, I can't count. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say, like, I think the top eight is fair. Like, I think those. I think the Cowboys are, the, are way too high. Why do you think they're too high? high? The NFC is not that good. I guess, but like, I don't know. That seems like, like the Chargers should be higher than them. I get. I the, actually, the, I the get, thing I is, there's know. always a risk in the AFC for a team to not get back to the playoffs just because of how competitive it, yeah. it is. Like. You expect to see more of the back half Jaguars all season next year. Um, so they'll have, probably have a better record. Well, they are here as the, the 10th. Yeah, like, to, so first initial thoughts, and, and maybe you can call me out on unbiased is this. The Miami Dolphins at plus 3,000, when they had two of this year, they were a very good team and their record speaks for it. Like, I think a full year of Tua, I know that has now become a big question mark, but I think a full year of Tua, there's no way this team doesn't make the playoffs. And to have them at plus 3,000, below a team like the Lions, below a team like the Jaguars, below a team like like the the Jets, Jets who... And the Rams. The Jets, their starting quarterback right now is Zach Wilson. I mean, we all are waiting for them to make this big move. And the Rams, who I think are could be the absolute biggest number one question mark or maybe my most intriguing team going <laughs> easily, into next season. Easily. Like, there's so many. They're, they're, they could be on both ends like of the spectrum. Like, is Matthew Stafford even, like, is is he returning next yeah, year? Yeah, I have no his, idea. this neck injury seems like it could be a long-term issue. Sean McVay was very close to leaving. Jalen so, Ramsey yeah. is all of a sudden saying that he's not going to be in LA next year, but they they're, have got salary, salary cap concerns. I thought they were... Um, way too high from from a from a plus three thousand. At the same time, you you sort of have to respect them because at full strength, they are very. You know good. what they're capable of. I think they should be closer. Like, I, like I would flip them with the Vikings personally. I think the Vikings are still a good team, right? Like they're not losing yeah, too many pieces. The only thing is, like, it's Kirk Cousins. And how many games could they have lost? Like, yeah, yes. they won thirteen games, yeah. but to expect them to replicate that because of the margin of victory in so many of their wins, I think could be a little bit unrealistic. I don't know. I'm looking at these. The Dolphins are plus 3,000. They made the playoffs this year. They have a young team. I think they'll be even better next year. I, I've seen them at plus 4,000 on, on other books, and I'll admit it, that's the bet that I've already placed. I've, I already have a Super Bowl future on the Dolphins. Bang. Well, that's good value anyways. Even if they get to the, even if they get to this, the, the playoffs, you can just hedge the whole yeah, way, that's, that's my, which is smart. My thinking. But another one, like the, the Jets at plus 2,500. Like, are they betting that Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded to the Sounds to the like Jets? it because the Raiders are plus 4,000. And I honestly thought that the landing spot for Rodgers is the Las Vegas Raiders. It makes more sense from that perspective but with with these odds it's almost like i would take these odds as like he's favored to go to the jets right like i, I yeah, know no, i know no, again i know a lot of people not not in, not i'm not talking about the jets here but i know a lot of there's going to be a lot of people sprinkling money on the on the broncos for sure i think that's going to be a popular <laughs> bet a plus 3500 here um but another team that shocks me too that that, that is so low is the Seahawks. Yeah, because they just made the playoffs, right? At plus six thousand, like that's in the bottom. They're they got the eighth, eighth lowest in the league, 
right? Like, what do they do? I don't, I don't know. So like, <laughs> they have a young team, but the whole thing with Geno, like, I could see the Seahawks not making the playoffs next year, maybe missing by a couple games. Does that mean they should be one of the worst? You know, they're better than in, the in, in they're the better league? than the Commanders. They're better than the Patriots. They're better than the Steelers. I don't know. That's the, they're better than the Saints. They're, again, no, you know the, what I was going to say. I really like the Saints because I think, I think they'll probably win the division next year. Well, that division's wide. That division is wide open. Like I, I, think, I think if you get Derek Carr, who I've never been sold on as an elite quarterback, I always say good, not great. I think that's probably enough to win the division because you got some really nice receivers there in New Orleans. Yeah, but their their cap situation is like a disaster, right? Like like Michael Thomas is next year's cap. I forget it's that like, that guy still plays in the like, NFL. It's like sixty two million. He's got the highest cap hit in the league. Sixty two million. They just had to because they just back and They just deleted. Yeah, yeah. They deleted. it. I actually think the Carolina Panthers are going to win that division next year. But and then again, that with that belief, it would be smart for me to take fifty five hundred and then hedge the whole way. Well, we don't even know. Like that's what we said way way too early. You're talking about the, the Seahawks having the wads. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster still not half bad. If they get a guy like Jimmy G, who I think right now is probably the popular pick to be the quarterback there next year, unless they bring back Jameis. And I and you know I'm banging the table for them to bring back Jameis. <laughs> no way they're bringing back Jameis. But I think Jameis Winston deserves another shot to be the starter to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. The Bucks could be intriguing at plus seventy five hundred. Honestly, I could probably talk about every single team on this list. Um, of why it's intriguing. One other note I want to make: the Arizona Cardinals were eight and zero, which seems like a couple weeks ago to start the 2021 NFL season. And it was like Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are the future of the NFL. <laughs> Literally nothing changed. Now a year and a bit later, you could get a twenty eight thousand yeah. dollars from and, betting hundred bucks. Kingsbury's in Thailand, and Kyler it. Murray <laughs> is now like, oh, Kyler Murray. Maybe he's not a franchise quarterback. Maybe he's the most overpaid contract in the NFL, and he's also going to miss a good chunk of next season. It sounds like he's not going to be ready to like the midway point, and we know all those always get delayed too. So there's there's head coaching candidates that don't want to go to Carol, that don't want to go to Arizona because Kyler Murray's the quarterback there, specifically because of Kyler Murray's. And, and like you mentioned, we're talking about when Kyler Murray took came in as as a rookie in in 2019. Like we're talking about a guy that everyone was like, "Oh my god, this guy's the future of the league!" Right? Like him, Lamar Jackson. This is the next new era of of quarterbacks. And now um, they're tied with the Texans, last in the league. You can if I bet hundred bucks today in on this on the Super Bowl winning Arizona Cardinals, I get twenty eight thousand dollars. If think about that, hey, like think I said, that. as opposed to the favorite. Would pay me six fifty, six hundred fifty bucks. I do want to say, I did bet the Chiefs at plus one thousand last year, and it paid me nicely yesterday. Speaking of uh, sort of future bets, let's let's go through some superlatives here. I think that's uh, always fun, and it, and it creates some good conversation. So, with these Super Bowl odds, obviously provided by FanDuel, what we just went over right now, um, we're each going to give our best value pick, our biggest shock. And the most overrated. So I'll give you the floor here because, um, I mean, you deserve it after taking that uh, that Chiefs future at uh, plus plus a thousand. I'm so. a bit of a shark when it comes to the futures. He is. Um, is best value. All right. I think it's cheating if I pick the Dolphins because I'm obviously clearly biased. So I'll give you another pick. I like the New Orleans Saints at plus 3,500. Even though the Vikings are plus 4,000, they're probably a better team. 
maybe just because there's a little bit more intrigue of what the Saints could be with a couple moves, I'm going to say the Saints. Could be a weird pick. I don't know. You know what? I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. Again, I, I'm not sold um, on the Saints. I don't. Everyone knows my, my honest opinion about Derek Carr, and we'll, and we'll get into Derek Carr later on in the show. But from a value perspective, I think the best value on this board is the Bengals at plus 900. I think the Bengals are a team that, um, again, goes toe-to-toe with KC all year, and they're not going to lose too many pieces. Maybe their defensive coordinator takes um, the head coaching job in Arizona, which I don't think is going to happen. But again, plus 900, Joe Burrow, uh, I mean... You give me a $250 difference from, from them to um, the favorite, I'm going to take that any day of the week. Uh, I know the, the odds don't jump at you. The, the payout doesn't necessarily go, oh, my God, I'm going to be rich off this. But I really do think plus 900, um, at least the third best odds. And like, I think if they're not going to be favorites, they should be second, second place over the Bills. So give me the extra 50 points, and I'll take uh, the Bengals plus 900 as the best value um, on these way too early Super Bowl opening odds. I'm going to change my answer. Give me the G-Men, plus 4,000. Year two of a coach of the year, Brian Dable. I think they're going to have more for him to work with next year, and I think they're going to build on a successful season. Changing my answer, coward move. I'm taking the Giants. <laughs> All right, biggest shock. Do you want to go first here? Uh, sure. Biggest shock. I mean, there, there, were, <laughs> there were some shocks on this board. I'm not going to lie. When I was, when I was looking at this and, and sort of just digesting what I was reading here, uh, the one thing that really stood out to me was the Jets at plus 2,500. I get it. Um, if the Jets do run into a franchise quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, or I'm not going to put Derek Carr in that situation because I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl with Derek Carr, but Aaron Rodgers, and let's say they somehow trade for Lamar Jackson, then yes, sure, plus 2,500 is, is, is reasonable. But right now they've got Zach Wilson and and... and is Joe Flacco still on the roster? I don't know. And and Mike White, Mike like, White. I think he's a. I think he's a free agent. Mike White. Right. We're talking yeah. about like th- this team. If they're in this, if they go into this, if the season starts tomorrow, the Jets are the worst team in the division. Yeah. Well, right? it's that's just clearly Vegas banking on Rodgers going. Right? In. So I'm shocked about that because again, the trade hasn't happened yet. So. I mean, I guess a lot of people are going to get sucked into, oh, maybe Vegas knows something. Because that's a lot of people. A lot of people like to justify their bets by saying, oh, Vegas knows. Which, sure, say what you want. But plus 2,500 for the Jets, that's a huge fade. I'm not even going anywhere close to that. Oh, I remember the Broncos were similarly overvalued last year because everyone thought Rodgers was going there. And they ended up getting Russell Wilson. So maybe something similar will happen. We all know how that turned out for the Broncos betters, which I'm sure there were a lot of them last year. Anyways... Aaron Rodgers, I invite you to come to the AFC East. I, I invite you because let me tell you, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to be a walk in the park for them. I still think they're probably the third best team in this division. Um, my biggest shock, the Chicago Bears, plus 6,500. It's low. My Bears. But if the Texans are plus 28,000, I think the Bears should be lower than plus 6,500. Like, I don't think the Bears are that much better than the Texans. Yeah, they got a lot of cap space. Justin Fields. Yeah, it's all hypothetical. Showed yeah. a lot of great things this mm-hmm. year. Um, but to me, that's too hypothetical because with the Bears, I don't trust that franchise and I need to see it before I believe it. So I think that's a little bit... They're banking on too much happening in too little time. I don't know if the Bears are going to be quite that good just yet. But if again, just to 
push back just a little bit. Like if if they were to drop the odds that like the Bears would be plus ten thousand, the Bears would be the best, the the most bet team. I think. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's fair to play devil's advocate just because of the assets that they have and yes. look what we and saw. The possibility the Jaguars do yes, in one exactly, off season. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think they could be a little lower, though. I think seventy five hundred would be reasonable, maybe eight thousand. Like I would much rather bet on the Bucks than I would on the Bears. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Give me the cup. Give me the extra thousand. Absolutely. Falcons on the other hand, maybe the Falcons are too high too. Yikes! I don't know who their quarterback is either. So, so most overrated. I mean, <clears throat> I guess, I guess, hmm. Like most overrated. I mean, I don't want to say the Jets again, but. No, you know what, Cam? Okay, let's say this. And it could be a hot take. I think the most overrated is the 49ers at plus 900. Because, look, they're, 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 they're a great team. But, again, it's just such a... There's so much... <laughs> the question, like, there's so many question marks when it comes to what that quarterback room or, or who's even going to start week one. Um, again, it's looking like it could be Trey Lance with this, with this injury. And... and if we just take a blast of the past here, we're talking one about a quarterback that's thrown like 500 passes in the last like five years. And this is a team that lost to Chicago. Oh, give me a break. Week one, like <laughs> but, that matters. But, Come but, on. But that was the last time they no played. Way. But that was the last time they played. So that doesn't matter. T- but again, I, but I'm, my point being is San Francisco with Trey Lance last year was more of a mid-pack team. Yeah, in anything. one game. Yeah, okay, in the this first is, three games. This is it, first two. And, and it was one game, and it was about a quarter and a half against the Seahawks. Okay, and he hasn't played injured. since then. I know he hasn't played, and I know it's a big question mark, but this is a team that went to the NFC Championship with Brock, Brock Purdy, but the Brock's last nasty. pick. And guess what? So is Trey Lance, because I think Brock Purdy has a, has a nice future in the NFL, but let me tell you, Trey Lance was picked third overall for a reason. And you can't convince me that someone is going to be a bust in this league because they just never played. But I think Trey Lance is going to get part. his chance one day, and I, I bank on him being successful because it's hard not to be in that San Fran offense. So I think I think everybody just needs to have a little bit more patience with Trey Lance, and I think things are going to work out for him. Brock Purdy has like more <laughs> passing attempts in his second half of the season than Trey Lance has had in like the last four years. Yeah. And guess what? When Trey Lance gets those <laughs> passing attempts, everything's going to be I'm okay. sure he will Whether be, it's for the 49ers year. or whether it's for someone else. Because the 49ers could very well, you know, a year from now, say we're sticking with Brock Purdy. And I, I'd respect that decision. And Trey Lance gets shipped off where somewhere else. I still think he has potential to, to succeed in this league. I, again, I, I think... <clears throat> I'm not doubting Trey Lance's his ability. I'm just saying for next year's purpose, I don't think the 49ers are going to be a, a, a team that should be... At plus 900 right now, given the big question mark with Trey Lance with his health and just the fact that he hasn't played a lot of football. Like, this is going to take a guy that's, that's, again, he's very raw. And and if he does end up being the starter week one, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a sort of, a, I don't want to say a rough season because they have, if there's a team to make it work, it's the 49ers. But I don't know. From a, from a strictly odds perspective, I'm not betting the 49ers at plus 900. I'm not betting the 49ers either, but I'm going to bet Trey Lance to win the MVP. But uh, you know what's going to happen again? Let's say Purdy does need the Tommy John and he's out for 12 months, worst case scenario. All this, like for two years now, we've heard Kyle Shannon literally sitting on a podium and tell the reporter to their face, oh, Jimmy's not on our team next year. Watch them keep Jimmy. <laughs> watch them keep Jimmy again. He watch said, it happen. He even said, he came out and said that there is not a, yeah, there's there no is scenario. no scenario. Yeah. He just shot it down right away. Yeah. Like, and, and, and he said that the year before too, and he ended up staying... Um, nobody wanted to trade for him because he had surgery in the offseason. 
We'll see. That's that's more of me being silly. I don't even think I've given an answer. No, yet. you have not. I'm about to let a lot of people down with this answer. What, what's the what's the question? Most overrated. Most overrated. The Detroit Lions. It is though. <laughs> listen, guys. I, listen. They're a great story. They're a good team. I don't think they're better than teams that are below them. And I think they'll have a good season. I and I might even pick them to make the playoffs next year. Um but I do think at some point they might hit a wall yeah. uh, because they're starting to have less turnover with their roster. Um, I don't know. I just I don't think they're going to make a bigger jump than they did this year. I think they're building. I think they'll, they'll be a they're pesky building. team. Yeah. I think they'll be solid. And I think they'll play hard for their coach. But what are they? The third, the fourth highest team in the NFC? Maybe that just speaks volumes about how how much of a disaster that conference is. But I don't know. I think they might be the most overrated. Well, they're not. They're not better than the Jags. They're not better than the Rams if the Rams are healthy. They're not better than the Dolphins. Definitely not better than the Dolphins. Not better than than. The, uh, we don't know. It's we don't know. Maybe maybe they're not better than the Vikings. <laughs> no, they're not. And they're not. What are they? Fifteen hundred points, points better than the Vikings. Like come on. Points better than the the Giants are plus four thousand. They made the playoffs last year. Yeah, like I don't know. I think I think that's just a little high for for the Lions. I could very well be be. be being very nitpicky here, and I probably am. And I also just don't want to say the Jets because we just spent time talking yes, about them. Yes, yes. So. so you're going against your Lions, Pac. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Okay, I'm going against my Lions. Yeah, because now it's Pox Dolphins and no one else. And it's Pox's Mahomes because I love. <laughs> I, Pox Mahomes. I almost went on NFL <laughs> Shop last night and bought a Mahomes jersey. I'm not even lying. I'm so mad I didn't bring my jersey. It's, I, I, it's I, bad I how much nice, I like him. I had it nicely needed, neededly folded right outside my front door, and I was going to bring it here, and I was going to. Surprise the show at the beginning, wearing it, and uh, I didn't. I didn't bring it. I'm, I'm shocked. Maybe next week. Maybe next week I'll bring it, but it might be outdated. But um, well, there, there, Super Bowl odds, right? Looking ahead, it's always fun. Um, I'm sure if we were to pull the receipts out, <laughs> and uh, I mean, let's say in ten months now, we'll, um, look, we'll look stupid. Yeah, uh, especially when the when the Niners are are twelve and zero with Trey Lance. I'm sure Pac's gonna definitely bring that one up. Um, but yeah, speaking on the, the topic of quarterbacks, you got Derek Carr, who um, requested his release from the Raiders um, and basically told them, you want to screw me, screw me over? Okay, I'll screw you over. I'm not accepting a single trade anywhere. I was never the biggest Derek Carr fan in terms of his play as a quarterback. Like I said earlier, always good, not great for me. Solid. He's had a solid career. But man, what Derek Carr is doing to these Raiders, this is a baller move, man. Respect to Derek Carr for telling them, we're doing this on my terms. Yep. I guarantee you he's a saint next year. And he could very well, you know, he's already done this lengthy meeting with them. He could very well just tell them, I mean, the trade conversation's already been agreed to. He could just tell the Raiders, I want to go to the Saints. The Raiders get whatever. Let's say it's a, a third round pick, maybe a second round pick. But Derek Carr is pretty much telling the Raiders, screw you guys. You guys benched me. You guys didn't let me in the facility towards the end of the year. You said I was a distraction when it wasn't me that was the problem this year because I don't think it's fair to just put it all on him, especially after everything he's given this organization through thick and thin, through all the dysfunction that's been going on, through all the different head coaches he's had to deal with. The way he's gone out, I think, is a little unnecessary, and I think he deserved a better send-off. So for him to do this... Mad respect to you, Derek Carr. Um, 
I think he's just gonna get his release and then sign with the Saints right away. Puck, this this isn't push. This is not helping our our the anti Raider, the anti CTB Raider uh, agenda that's out there because there are a lot of people that that like to. Uh, Sort of label us as Raider haters, but too bad. If, if you if you want to act like that as a franchise to your starting quarterback, like I'll think of it as Miami fan. If if Miami did that to Tannehill, who was the quarterback for like eight years, and they benched him and they said like get out of here, like I don't know, or or if they did it to Tua, I mean Miami's treatment of Tua with Flores in those days was already not great. I would I wouldn't be mad at all if if he wasn't happy and wanted to stick it to them on the way out. I think Derek Carr deserves to do whatever the heck he wants. And you want to know what I want to see the most? I want to see as soon as he gets released that night. Yeah, like right away, like so fast. I don't want any of this. Listen, Derek, you've had your time. You've had like two months to think about where you want to play next year. And it's rare in this in this day and age in the NFL to like have your say, like have this much control, especially if you're not like a Tom Brady type. And he wouldn't have to wait till free agency yeah. either because he'd be released outright. So he could sign instantly. So... Yeah, I would love for that to happen. Oh, that'd be the best thing ever. Make sure you have your mind made up before the release is official, Derek. 100%. He, I doesn't, think he, he doesn't have to, like, the release, it can happen before March, whatever, March 10th or whenever that legal well, his, tampering period his opens. His salary gets fully guaranteed in, like, a couple days. 48 hours, I think. Or yeah. Like I did days. read that because I, I was, right? I was I, expecting the trade to happen before February. And I remember, like, Matthew Stafford got traded in February back when he, he went to the Rams. So February 15th. So so Wednesday. Wednesday at 4 p.m. Um, if he has not traded or cut by then, um, then for more than 40 million of his $121.5 million remaining on his contract becomes fully guaranteed. So, so he'll, um, be, he'll be probably get cut tomorrow, tomorrow. Or, or on Wednesday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. He's gonna he'll be he'll be cut. He'll be cut tomorrow um, at some point. Um and and yeah, I I wanna see, I wanna see. The, the the most the the biggest boss move would just be you cut right away. you turn in those Saints. papers you dial the phone you get your agent to call let's do it boom hang it up next thing you know CTB has posted a lovely graphic of of Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints and you're gonna see that too and I'm gonna love it I'm gonna cheer because I know that there are some Raiders fans that that are just very angry at us all the time. You're, you'll get your flowers soon. When Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Rangers, I'll be back on your de- bandwagon. Actually, I'll be on your bandwagon for the first time ever. And let me say I've never this. once been on the Raiders. I bandwagon. want Aaron Rodgers to go to the Raiders because I yeah. think it's such a better storyline with Devontae Adams being there. Yes. Um, I also I, I know I invited him to the division. I would rather not deal with that. I'd rather Zach Wilson somehow emerge as the starting quarterback through all of this offseason. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's that's the whole Derek Carr drama right now. Yeah. We'll talk about another quarterback that's just drama is just become his middle name, and, and it's and it's not this quarter. This specific situation is not going to end anytime soon, like the Derek Carr one. This is one that's going to linger. And I'll say it again: I don't get it. Like I think it's it's ridiculous that it's gotten this far. Um, I I really don't quite understand it, but maybe the last couple of years. Things haven't really gone in the direction that the organization has, has thought they would have gone. But that's Lamar Jackson, obviously MVP in 2019, a unanimous MVP, I might add. Last couple of years, late in the season, unable to stay on the field. Um, guaranteed money seems to be the biggest concern. I'm not sure if that is more indicative of 
maybe Baltimore not fully believing that he's the guy, or is it a durability concern? They don't want to give him all this guaranteed money, and then, hey, he's proven that he's having a little bit of a hard time staying on the field. Mobile quarterbacks tend to not maybe last as long as other more traditional quarterbacks in the NFL like is is that Baltimore's concern? I don't know. I think this is foolish. <laughs> it, it, Lamar it is seems outrageous. We've seen it firsthand how important he is to this team, how much better he is, how much better the Ravens are when he's under center. Um Lamar Jackson in his first however many starts has one of the best win-loss records in NFL history to start a career. He's an electric player, he's a very marketable player. Um you're always going to be relevant when you have him. To let a guy like this go, I think, is absolutely ridiculous, and I can't say it enough. Every single time we talk about this topic on the show, I'll say the exact same thing, um, and I'm, I'm honestly just getting sick of this yeah, whole Lamar Jackson. And I'm, I'm getting sick at it, sick of it too. But knowing the fact that this is going to linger well into the off season, I, it just it's triggered me to be honest, and it triggered me from both sides to be honest. To be honest with you, if I'm going to be flat out honest, it triggered me from both sides, right? So whatever resolution happens. I just want it to happen right away because I don't want to have to deal with this and I don't want to have to talk about this all off season because like you mentioned, it's such a ridiculous story. Um, like, oh, is Lamar going to play on the tag? Of course he's not going to play on the franchise tag. Like, why, 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 why is that even a question? Like, if you're telling me Lamar Jackson is going to if he's starting week one, it's not on the franchise tag. And if he has a franchise tag still there, which he won't, and if he doesn't with the, for, with the Ravens, it'll be with another team. But there's no way in hell he is playing week one under a franchise tag. It's just not going to happen. And again, obviously, you want to mention, okay, so if they franchise take him, which they're going to, they're, it's what's going to happen because they're not going to reach a contract agreement by the start of free agency. It's just not going to happen. So that means that Lamar Jackson has until July 5th or whatever it is, June, whatever, to sign his franchise tag and they can sort of work out a deal before then. So if he has that sort of, franchise tag on him and there's going to be teams that are calling the phone obviously that's what's going to happen right teams are going to start calling and and even if they the phone even if the ravens pick up the phone even if eric Costa goes yeah hello okay no hang up boom right away there's going to be teams calling so hypothetically speaking if a team does maybe quick in, in the in the three four seconds that that eric Costa picks up the phone and then hangs it back down maybe on the way down there he you hear i'll give you four firsts yeah maybe then maybe he picks it up and goes, okay, now we're talking. What does that get What does that get you? It doesn't get you anywhere. So I don't know. The whole situation is just dumb. Just pay the guy. Again, I don't know what he's asking for. If he's asking for $60 million or whatever it is, a fully guaranteed contract, I don't know if I'll go down that alley. I'll try to make it work as best as I can. But if this guy is like indicative of playing on a fully guaranteed contract that's going to pay him $55 million a year, maybe we can have talks about... Um, sort of the future without him. But for now, like you're not going to find better than Lamar Jackson. You're, Unless, not. you're not, right? You're really not going to find better. I, I read yesterday that the Eagles are ready to open conversations with Jalen Hurts and they recognize that his value will now be within the mid the mid range in, in, in $50 million. You know, we're talking about $55 million a year. I read that the Cincinnati Bengals are ready to open conversations with Joe Burrow. I know these two guys have had playoff success and Lamar quite, you know, he hasn't really had that. But you have been a very good team when this guy's been your quarterback. Um, I don't know. Go ahead and ask a Miami Dolphins fan the value of a first-round pick and how you know Dan Marino leaves 
a very good quarterback and it takes you 20 years to find another quarterback that maybe is the future of your franchise. Go ahead and ask a Cleveland Browns fan if they would rather have a franchise superstar quarterback or four first-round picks, uh, an organization who has just been throwing darts in the first round and missing for years. It's so hard to find a quarterback in this league. If you trade this guy, you are taking 10 steps back as a franchise. Please don't do it, Baltimore. Please resolve this because I don't want to be on a golf course in the summer and see that Lamar Jackson got traded. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> going to piss me off yeah. more too. So it just let's let's all put this behind us um, and and let's quit being foolish here because the AFC is very good. What do you want to do? You want to rebuild in an era where you're competing with the Bengals, who you just talked about are a really good team. You're competing with the Bengals every year to win the division, and now you want to throw that away. And 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 again. Just to speak, just to speak on how foolish it is to just trade draft picks for established franchise guys. Um, I know this is a little bit of an outdated stat. Came from Albert Breer on the uh, January thirtieth, twenty twenty one. So this is actually a year ago or two years ago. Regardless, twenty two quarterbacks were drafted in the first round between two thousand and nine and twenty sixteen, and only one of them remained with the team that drafted him. And this. This tweet at the time was about Carson Wentz, who's now played on three teams since this tweet. He's ready to go to another one, yeah. I read yesterday the commanders are done with him. They're done with him, right? So, like, this just goes to show you, if you're going to trade your franchise quarterback, a proven franchise quarterback, for first-round picks because you don't want to pay him, okay, so go find find him again. Go find him. You're not going to get... You're not going to find him, right? And if you do, it's going to be... After some swings and misses, I can guarantee you that. And, um, I mean, it's outrageous. Uh, it's foolish. And, uh, again, this won't be the last time we're talking about it, and it's pissing me off just thinking about that. But um, I think that's how we're going to have to end our show here, Puck. Yeah, right? It ends on a negative note after a great and it's, show. It, what is this? The first, this is technically the first episode of the offseason. It, it is an offseason episode. Um, we'll have plenty of more of these. It was, it was great chatting about, I'll say it again, the best Super Bowl in my lifetime. Um, and uh, thank you for tuning in. As always, leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe, rate us, whatever you have to do. We appreciate it as always, Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, guys. Take Take care. care.